1: Oh, it's good to be in Miami. Thank you, brother. The promised land. You can sit down. Come back at the end. We'll need the Holy Spirit again. Why don't, you, uh, why don't we give the team a, a great hand? Your team is, your, your team is awesome. Those songs this morning, are you kidding me right now? That was my favorite set ever. <laughs> All hail King Jesus, come on. So uh, yeah, as Pastor Alex was saying, by the way, Diana, you look lovely today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick birth in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. A lot of people are praying for you. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I, I just, I can't wait to meet baby Segat. <laughs> um, as Alex was saying, I was just texting him on, on Tuesday, just checking in, see how he's doing, and he told me just about this series, and I just I'm I've just been so excited about this. I think that um, I think that this is a a real. As I've been studying, you know, since since we got off the phone, and um, I'm just so excited to, to share. What I want to do today. You know, I'm 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 more of a teacher, um, and I want to just kind of lay a foundation um, biblically on some stuff, and then Alex is going to preach this thing, and the paint's going to come off, because that's that's his thing, you know, like nobody like him. Um, And so what I'm what I want to do is I want to come just alongside him, and and I'm I'm going to do the boring stuff. Um, We're just going to take a look through. The scriptures at uh, this theme of the last hour and the Antichrist. Um, now, b- before we get started, you know, so- sometimes um, topics like this, we we come to scripture, you know, with, with a lot of our traditions, um, things that we've heard um, and presuppositions, and and sometimes I'll be quite honest with you. Anytime somebody has talked. Um, about the, you know maybe the book of Revelation, which we're not going to get into the book of Revelation uh, today. I'm going to make a, a reference to to something in the book of Revelation. But when we talk about the, la- the the end of you know of days and and you know Jesus coming back and all that stuff, sometimes I sort of check out because I'm just like, dude, nobody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, anytime a Christian has, like, got the maps out and they're, like, drawing all, like, the connection points, it's just like, dude, you're a conspiracy theorist. It can kind of have that vibe. Do you hear me? And I don't like that stuff. I, I, I like, um, so I want to kind of share with you, my, my, uh, um, it's not my method, it's a method that I think that has worked throughout church history, okay, and that method is that you allow the clear to interpret the unclear. Okay, so so when you when you come to something in, you know, c- clearly written that Jesus said or that Paul's written out closely or even John himself has said, you allow that to to interpret like, you know, the apocalyptic literature, right? We don't build doctrine from from random verses, we build doctrine from the clear stuff, the clear teaching in scripture. You hearing me? So that's, but sometimes, you know, and look, you know, I like a good conspiracy theory. (laughs) Honestly, I do. I mean, what's better than a good conspiracy theory? Especially, like, they're all coming true, you know, right now, right? It's hilarious, right? Remember the vaccines were, like, supposed to, like, protect you? Get it? Because you're protecting grandma. It's like, well, that was a lie. (laughs) Right? Do you remember? Remember all the Christians that were all like, "You need to get the vaccine. You don't do it, then you don't love your neighbor." It's like, where are you now? Right? It's, it was all a lie, right? But it was. But you're a conspiracy theorist if you disagreed with that narrative at, at the time. Um, so, anyways, I'm, I'm vaccinated. By the way, I'm not. I'm... <laughs> don't make fun of me. I was scared. Some of you just closed your Bibles like, nah, (laughs) no, not listening to this fool. He has no faith. I'm the only one that's vaccinated in my family because all of my family on my wife's side and my, and my, my my side, they're all anti-vaxxers and they live in Australia and Canada respectively. And, and in order for us to see them, we were the guinea pigs, you know, to travel (laughs) anyways. I digress. My, my sermon's ruined. <laughs> I want to I wanna, I wanna show you in Scripture the clear teaching, okay? Um, we're not chasing conspiracy theories today because I don't think that they help. And that's not what Pastor Alex's heart was. Um, our heart is to just talk, what are the Scriptures warning us? And what can we learn and, and what is when Paul's writing and Jesus is is, is, is talking and, and and John is writing, what are, they, what are they trying to get to? What's the word for for Calvary, Miami today? Okay, and that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna look at. Okay, so so really quickly, um, let's we're gonna throw up a, a verse uh, we, 1 John 2, 18-25, and this is where the, the title of the series comes out, the last hour here. And so we're just going to read it here together, um, not in unison. I'll read it. You can just kind of dart your eyes as we go, okay? Okay. So children, uh, it's the last hour. Uh, as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. so So now many Antichrists have come. Okay, so this is... We're going to form a... So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through this stuff and then we're going to recap all of the verses that we read so that we can kind of build a theology from the things that we've read, okay? But just pay some, pay some attention. Heard that an Antichrist is coming, singular. So now many Antichrists, plural, have come. So there's more to this Antichrist thing than just a singular figure, right? Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Now... You know, the disciples believed that they were in the last hour, as in, they didn't believe it was the end of days, but they knew that there was a switch in human history. And that's what John's referring to. He's going, man, okay, like, Jesus has come, he's he's ascended the Father, and there's, now God is beginning to close human history, if that makes sense, Okay. Uh, therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. There's, I mean, a whole sermon in there. But John's just saying, these guys, they've left the church. They've left us. They've left good doctrine and good teaching. And, and clearly, you know, they're not of us. Uh, but you've been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. He's, John's, you know, he was an elder at a church in Ephesus. This is the church that Timothy's gonna take over. Um, and he's a pastor, he's kind of like a traveling pastor. So Timothy's the local pastor. But John is like the older pastor who visits these churches. For example, the seven churches that he, he, he's writing to in the book of Revelation. Ephesus is his home base. But he's, these are people who know the story of Jesus. And he's going, guys, you know the story of Jesus. And so that's going to help you against the Antichrist and the Antichrists. So he continues and he says this, you know, uh, who, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son, and obviously this would be the Jewish uh, issue here. You guys just learned about that in the book of Hebrews. The occasion of the book of Hebrews is a bunch of Jewish Christians that are thinking about leaving Jesus. So John's addressing this heresy that they have to deal with. Uh, No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son, and when you confess the Son, you're saying a bunch of things about Jesus that Jesus said about himself. Right? Like you're saying, Jesus, you're the way, you're the truth, and the life. Jesus, there's sin that you've talked about, that you've preached, that I have to repent, I have to take up a cross. You're hearing me? It's the whole meal. You, you You gotta eat the whole meal. Right? Jesus isn't a buffet where you, you know, oh, get that bacon off of my plate. I'm trying to watch my cholesterol. Right? You have to eat the whole meal. You have to confess Jesus in in all of his self-revelation that we read about, of course, in the Gospels. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. So we're seeing many antichrists, uh, but also a final uh, figure, a final antichrist figure that is referenced in this passage. As you have heard, right, this is, this is, this is a common theme to everybody. In the new in the New Testament era, they they were aware that there was this antichrist because John says, as you've heard about the antichrist, right? So you guys have heard this stuff. Um, the main heresies that John was concerned about were the rejection of Jesus' divinity and his humanity. Um, the church faced unique heresies that the church at that time that the church today doesn't. Okay, now actually kind of similar, but there's new heresies that we're facing. We almost need some new church councils to begin to, you know. I mean, our, our, our world is getting really weird really quick. I mean, just go on TikTok. Right? You'll, like, you'll hear like 18 new heresies today. Right? Um, so, we, John would be addressing these things. If it doesn't accord with what you heard from the beginning, it's not the real Jesus. Right? These antichrists didn't confess The real Jesus. In Revelation, uh, John is the author of the book of Revelation. We're not going to turn there, but his John's symbol for the Antichrist, because the the book of Revelation, there's a lot of symbolism. Okay? Um, And his symbol for the Antichrist is the beast. We read about this in Revelation 13, Revelation 17. Uh, The beast doesn't just oppose Jesus, he's a fake Jesus. He's a fake Jesus. In fact, there's a fake, there's an alternate trinity in the symbolism in, in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is, is about who will you worship. Are you going to worship the fake trinity or the real trinity? Are you going to worship the slain lamb, Jesus, or are you going to worship the beast? Are you hearing me? <clears throat> That's what it's about. The beast doesn't just oppose Jesus. He's a fake Jesus. He works miracles. He comes back from the dead. He receives worship from, from everyone except the elect. That's the, these are the characteristics of the beast in the book of Revelation. Right? There will be a lot of Christians that might be deceived. See, sometimes as charismatics and Pentecostals, we're so steeped in experience. When we experience something that's supernatural, we have to understand that like, even if an angel showed up to you and, and preached another gospel, you have to go, you know, you hear me, go somewhere hot, pal. I'm not, not listening. You're hearing me? Our experiences have to, like, the, the Word of God is our measure. And all experiences have to line up to the Word of God. I, I don't doubt that Joseph Smith had an encounter with an angel. The angel Gabroni, or whatever his name was. Right? And, and the angel told him a different gospel. But Paul anticipated that. That's why he wrote to the Galatians and said, if another angel comes and tells you a different gospel, tell him he's accursed. You hearing me, and then he repeats the curse. I repeat, if, 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 right? So, once again, John is saying that there's going to be an antichrist figure. That in, in the last times, this guy works miracles, he comes back from the dead, like Jesus did. He was, he was wounded in his head, but he survived. This is in the book of, of, of Revelation, and then because of this. He receives worship from all these naive people who didn't believe Jesus hold fast to the things that they heard. And they were deceived by experiences. Okay. Let's keep moving. Paul calls the Antichrist the man of lawlessness. Let's read 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-12. So this is, there's two really principal passages in Scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2, we're going to read this one, and then we just read 1 John 2. And these are kind of the ones where we're, we're, we're building this, our, our theology from this morning. So uh, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have it, boom, there it is, um, and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So the in First Thessalonians, they're like, "When's Jesus coming back?" And Second Thessalonians is like, "Did we miss it?" <laughs> These people Now, they're a heavily persecuted church, and so they're, they're just like, "We don't want to live anymore. This, this sucks. Like, We're dying. People are beating us up for being Christians." And so they're obsessed with the return of Christ, and so Paul's having to continually correct their doctrine. Um, so the early church is just like our churches people believe weird stuff. There's a lot of TikTok preachers saying weird stuff and Paul's constantly writing letters going, no, <laughs> no, n- just no, right? Okay. <clears throat> right, a letter, a TikTok seeming to be from us <laughs> to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. This is a verse for you. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. So Paul's starting to prophesy now. He's getting into prophetic mode. There's going to be, before the the Antichrist, that singular figure comes, there's going to be a rebellion. And this isn't a rebellion like uh, in the world. It's going to be a rebellion in the church. As we'll continue to read here. The rebellion comes first and the man of Lawlessness, and this is what Paul calls the Antichrist. So Antichrist is unique to John's literature. John calls the Ant, uh, this Antichrist person four times in his, in his letter, okay? But Paul calls him the man of lawlessness. Same guy we're talking about here. Okay, you following me? So the Antichrist is, is um, the man of lawlessness, okay? Uh, and, the, and the man of, okay, here we go, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God. I believe it's G.K. Beale. He's one of my favorite theologians. And he says this. The church is the inaugurated end time temple of God. If you're wondering what that temple of God is, that he, he takes his seat in the temple of God, it's You. You are the temple of God. How do we know this? 1 Corinthians 3. You are the temple. Right? Collectively. Not just your body is the temple. Yes, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, for sure. But gathered collectively, you're the temple of God. And so, the, the, what Paul is warning here is there's this end time figure. There's going to be a rebellion. In the wake of that rebellion, he's going to... Because there's deceit going on in the church. He's going to assert himself... And he's going to platform himself or center himself in the church. He's going to take his seat in the temple of God, pro- proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Kind of like what John said. Guys, remember I told you this? This is obviously really important to the apostles. That they're writing this and they're reminding, remember I told you this? And, and you know what is restraining him now so that, he may not hit, so that he may be revealed in his time for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. That word mystery, <coughs> pardon me, I'm on the other side of a cold and I'm healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> mystery um, has to do with a, a falling away. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And when the lawlessness one, uh, the lawless one will come, I will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth that's pretty cool just a, <sighs> and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming this is how much power Jesus has uh, Jesus just blinks and this guy falls dead the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders this is exactly what we're seeing in the book of Revelation with the beasts he's got some power but it's limited, it's for a time, it's meant to deceive the elect. Uh, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused to love the truth. They refused to love the truth. Yes, God wants you to love. Yes, Christianity is all about love. Loving the truth. Setting your heart <clears throat> on the right thing. Rather, the right person. Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Right? I am true, and my words are true. I'm not, talking, I'm not saying that as Nathan Pinocchio. I'm saying that as Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion. It's kind of like Romans chapter 1, God just gives them over to their deceit. Because they're just so hell-bent, is actually a great word, on being deceived. He's like, no, I, I want to go to hell. Okay, enjoy that. God gives them over so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay, some incredible warnings there. All right, my screen went to sleep. Let's keep going. This whole concept comes from Jesus. Where does this all come from? Right? Where, where's Paul getting this revelation? I mean, ultimately, you know, he's... Paul's writing on behalf of the risen Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Of course, John, but, but where did they get this seed, this seed form and this concept of this, this guy that's this lawless person? And there's the, this, this antichrist, but there's antichrists, right? Comes from Jesus. Let's take a look at Matthew 24. Uh, 24. This is literally Jesus talking... Um, and this is paralleled in Mark thirteen twenty two. It's It's the same story, just in, just in, in Mark. Uh, but Jesus says this, false Christs and false prophets will arise. I like fake Jesuses. Right? Jesus is the one who coined that term, fake Jesus. Fake Jesuses and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders. So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. The elect, the elect are, are it's the church. It's, it's, it's the Israel of God, as we read in Hebrews chapter 3. The Israel of God. Now the crazy thing is, this is what we, we read about and we learned in Hebrews chapter 3, is that you can be the elect and you can die in the wilderness of unbelief. That's what's crazy about the book of Hebrews. When God's called you he he set you free out of Egypt he's like literally he he destroyed Egypt called you into the wilderness to worship him but then you die in the wilderness of unbelief and you're the elect so corporate election does not guarantee individual salvation you have to continue on. You have to continue believing in Jesus. This is why we, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And we read the scripture and we rehearse what is true. We hold fast to that which is true. Jesus warned us there's going to be some fake Jesus talk. Okay, so let's summarize. Let's summarize. Here we go. We've got 12 minutes left. We're going to summarize. We're going to build our theology on this whole Antichrist thing, that we, we've, as we've looked through these principal scriptures. Um, we looked through 1 John, which is where that term Antichrist comes from. We looked at John's writing in the book of Revelation and his typology and that symbolism of the beast. Then we looked at Paul and Paul's parallel usage of that same idea, but he's calling this the Antichrist the man of lawlessness. And then we just looked at Jesus. Right? Who talked, right? The seed form of the Antichrist that allows us is the fake Jesus, the false Christ. You you guys with me? So, so where are we? Number one, there are Antichrists throughout history, throughout church history. We can see that because they, they already said there's been Antichrists. And Jesus warns there's going to be fake Christs and fake prophets. And it's already happening. We see this already happening. Paul's having to constantly deal with fake Jesus people and fake prophets, fake apostles. There's people that are always going to be in the game for whatever reason. Peter writes about this. There's, there are there, there, there people that pretend they're sheep. Uh, sorry, they're, they're wolves that get in among the sheep. Right, they're fake shepherds, fake pastors. These and and they they write their own rules, they create their own Jesus, they create their own Bible, they create their own church, and and it's just you know we've 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 seen this, and sometimes it's super super overt, like you can tell a cult, it's just a cult, you know, like like they all wear tinfoil caps and they all marry each other, you know, so it's just like it's easy, but sometimes the deceit is a lot more subtle, and that that is what you should actually be more concerned about you see i don't think that like satan i mean he's crafty when he came when he came to eve and he came to jesus he quoted scripture you remember that he's quoting god well you know didn't did god say this but he always twists it a little bit so there's always like an element of truth if if, see satan isn't just going to tell you a bold-faced lie he's going to tell you a half-truth that's how you deceive people. By telling him, you know, "Oh, you know, yeah, God loves you and this is this could maybe this is love." He's like, "Um, yeah, but no, thanks. I'm good," you know. Well, Jesus responds with scripture. He does what Adam and Eve couldn't do. Right when when the when the devil quotes scripture out of context, he quotes scripture in context. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Satan quotes Psalm 91 to Jesus. If, you, if, if you're in the will of God, Jesus, if you're really doing Father, you won't even stub your toe. Right? Psalm 91, you know, you won't dash your foot, you won't even stub your toe. Jesus is like, no, i um, I'm good. Because I know that I'm going to the cross. Okay, so number one, there are antichrists throughout history. Number two, there will be, ma- there will be a major antichrist figure, a singular antichrist figure at the culmination of time. And Jesus is going to come back during this dude's tenure being the bad guy. And Jesus is going to defeat him. Okay? But it's going it's to be a singular historic Person, um, and then number three, there is an antichrist or lawless spirit that is snowballing, snowballing, and that spirit is lawlessness that leads to rebellion. It's lawlessness that leads to a better word, apostasy. It's when you're you're no longer saved, you're no longer a Christian. Because you've turned your back completely on Jesus and his words. Okay, so it's a spirit, it's an antichrist spirit that sometimes we can adopt these ideas that are foreign to Scripture, and we adopt these ideas, and then they begin to snowball, and then soon enough we begin to have problems with the Bible because the Bible is not as merciful and just and nice as we are. Right, I'm just more merciful than Jesus. And so there's no, there's no punishment. God doesn't do that because I wouldn't. And so, right, We'd, that's how you set yourself up on God's throne. You set, you set yourself up in the temple. Oh, oh, you're God. Do you know what was in the middle of the Jewish temple? The ark. What was in the ark? The law of Moses. There's the, a the, the law of God. Paul talks about that there's a law of Christ. Or there's a law of love. Or Jesus didn't come to, to abolish the law. No, there's 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 absolutely absolutely we live. There's, we, absolutely the, the grace of God has set us free from, from slavery to a number of different laws, but there's still laws that you know we we serve one another and we you hearing me? There's 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 a will of God for you, and that's your purity, your holiness, it's, it's not an option. It's, it's the cross that you need to bear. You know, there's all kinds of things that you know, lawless people um, don't understand the gospel. Look, we're all sinners. We're, we're no, nobody's perfect. We, we make mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who just completely reject that there's any moral standard that they're supposed to live up to. And it's just obvious in Scripture. It's like, nah, you know, I don't need that because I have my own thing. And See, lawlessness is snowballing right now in our culture. Until about 1940, and I was reading this, and, and C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis wrote a book uh, called The Abolition of Man. And in his book, he makes this remark about how until about the 1940s, there wasn't a single civilization at a single time in history or a single religion that believed that law was, was internal. They all believed that laws, as a sense of right and wrong, was from God or from the gods. Right? For all, for all of human civilization. And then somewhere around 1940, humanity began to get this idea that, no, you know, what's right for me might not be right for you. Morally. Meaning that right and wrong was internal, not external. That's a snowballing of lawlessness. Now, reality isn't even, we don't even have the same sense of reality. And there's, there are, there's, like, there's people right now that are trying to get a sex change on a seven year old. And the parents are like, yeah, this is a good idea. Where's your head? Where's your head? Where's your sense that there's an objective right or wrong? Well, this is just what feels good. This is, this is what's right for them. Well, A, you're a horrible parent because they're seven. We won't even rent a car to a 25-year-old. Why? Why? Because they're stupid. Right? A male brain, like their prefrontal cortex isn't even formed fully until they're 25. We don't rent cars to, to young men because they're dumb. They'll do stupid things. Right? That's science. It's objective. But a, but, a, but a seven-year-old, right, has got a four, they know what they want for their life? Okay. You hearing me? Well, this is right for us. There's no such thing as right for you. There's right and there's wrong. And it doesn't, it doesn't come from here. <clears throat> you know, Martin Luther King Jr., when he was writing from Birmingham jail, he was talking about how there were unjust laws in the United States. He wasn't a lawless guy. But he just believed that there was a higher law. And the law in the United States was violating an eternal law. You hearing me? And sometimes, sometimes we have to go, no, this law is, a, is an evil law. It's not God's law. He was fighting lawlessness because he believed that law, is ex- it's external to us. It, it, it comes from, from it's, it's, it's transcendent. It comes from God. But we've become a lawless society, and and I'm afraid that some of these ideas are in seed form in many Christians. There's part of us that go, yeah, well, maybe you know what's right is is wrong, and and, you know you have to recognize that some of those instincts that you have, they're the result of some it's it's antichrist spirit. It's a lawless spirit. Now, keep in mind, Christians tend to be on the lookout for the you know the external antichrist, and we're vigilant about that. You know, half of our country believes that Obama is the antichrist. (laughs) Half of our country believes that Trump is the antichrist. Right? It's Putin. It's Bill Gates. It's it's Adam (laughs) Montez. his hero, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Jesus and Paul and John are are ultimately warning us this morning and they're saying this. Look out for the fake Jesus. Okay? But more importantly, you might be part of the rebellion. You might be like you might be believing some things that are going to set you up for deceit. You won't even know what to look for. Because you have already bought into the seed form, the lawlessness in your heart. So you won't be able to recognize the overt lawlessness. Because you've bought into it philosophically. You might be part of the rebellion that worships the beast if you don't pay attention to the things that you heard from the beginning. When we embrace lawlessness by saying to God, I like your chats about love and loving me and building me a mansion in heaven, but I disagree with you about sin, what sin and how I should live and how others should live and what's wrong with the world and how to, you know, you've set yourself up in the temple as God. And last hour, Christians, final hour, Christians are prepared Christians. They recognize the deceitfulness of lawlessness. Of that self-law, that inward self-law. Like I'm just alone to myself, and whatever's right for me is right, and I just, I just know. I don't need a pastor. I don't need the Bible. Don't just. I only like the Bible verses that I like. Yeah, it's interesting how that works. Yeah. <clears throat> it's lawlessness. There, there's no point in me looking for the Antichrist, right? He's gonna come. He's, Jesus said, like, all this stuff's gonna happen like a thief in the night. Uh, I don't go looking for bad guys. You know what I mean? I expect that there's bad guys out there. That's why I have a shotgun. Do you know what I mean? Birdshot shot right? I got a nine mil, got a shotgun, I got a baseball bat that if, if, the, the other thing's misfire. I got I sleep with a door jam've we've got we've got a ring doorbell. Oh, got an alert. I gotta watch a six minute, six second video. Huh. right) <clears throat> All right, I, I, I sleep ready. I don't need to go look. They're going to come. Do you know what I mean? Like but I sleep ready. <clears throat> and that's, I think, how Christians are supposed to live. We're supposed to kind of sleep ready a little bit. Don't, you don't need to go on like a hunt for the Antichrist. You know, go on Facebook. It's definitely Putin. <laughs> He's going to show up. Pay attention to, that, to the rebellion inwardly. If you want to to look for the Antichrist, look for the Antichrist spirit that you may have adopted philosophically. Your attitude towards scripture that rubs you the wrong way. Your attitude towards the church. Your attitude towards any authority in the church whatsoever. Especially godly and good authority. I'm gonna end with this. Um, I was at Disneyland with my niece Georgie. Uh, you've maybe heard me talk about Georgie a couple of times. I'm obsessed with Georgie. Uh, she's four. She's mental. Um, and um, and I love to take her to Disneyland. She's she is obsessed with Disney princesses and all that. And so we're at Disneyland in California about six months ago, and. One of my issues with children is that they're always sick. Always. Particularly my brother-in-law and my sister's kids, uh, Frankie and Georgie, um, and now uh, Teddy, their babies, their newborn son. And these kids, honestly, they're disease factories. <laughs> but, but their kids seem to always be more sick. And, you know, I have to travel f- for work and I don't like getting sick, but I love those kids so much. And so I want to see them and I want to kiss them and be around them, but they're always carrying malaria or... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so I'm having to learn to kind of like hold them, you know, like that, you know what I mean? Talk to them sideways, you know, trying to nail it. And I'm like, I've I've gotten so frustrated with my brother-in-law, like, dude, like, do they wash their hands? Do you shower them? you feed them? You know, like, like, do they live in a sewer with rats? Uh, like, what's, why are they always sick? And why? I have a cold right now from Georgie. I got this cold from Georgie last Friday. Like, you know, nine days ago or whatever it was. Um, we, uh, she stayed home from school. As an idiot, I, I picked her up and I took her to, like, a, a pottery class. And we painted things it was amazing. And I'm like, you know, choose one. And like, she choose, chose nine of them. She just kept on grabbing them off the shelf. It cost me $100. So annoying. So, but I love her. I'm just like, whatever, take my money. I, I love you. Of course, I get a cold. Of course, I get a cold, right? I had to try. I, had to, I was in West Virginia last weekend. I came here tomorrow. I'm going to Austin for, for you know however long, and then I'm in California this next weekend. I travel. It sucks having a cold, right? And like traveling, it's worse. And so I go nuts. So I'm at Disneyland with her six six months ago, and I figured it out. I figured out why she's always sick. We're we're waiting in line at Peter Pan, and you know they have those bars, right? You know like you're like you're in line, you know in the in the in the endless rat trap or whatever it is, the maze, right? And she, I look down, and she's like, she's, she has her hand on bar, hand on bar, and she's just going like this. <laughs> uh, just gobbin' on it. And I'm like, I don't even want to interrupt it. I want them to see. Because bro- I, I keep on saying to my brother-in-law, there's something wrong with your children. <coughs> And so I just, I'm like, yo, I'm like getting everybody's attention. And she's just like sliding all the way. (laughs) Some of us are like Georgie spiritually. You have absolutely no discernment and you put your mouth on everything on the internet. Listen to me. You're not just making yourself sick, you're making all of us sick. And here's the deal. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. God loves you. Your church loves you. And you are that cute, naive Georgie. And it's like every other minute you're like, you know like I posted a bunch of, like, crazy things. People send me crazy things on the internet that some Christians believe. I just post them and I just laugh at them. Like, you know, you're like that Christian. It's like, maybe Mary was a sex worker. I'm like, maybe she wasn't. Where did you get that from? Like, you don't have to try every idea on. You don't have to do that. I mean, there's, it's if I was doing that and really giving every idea just a real lick, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to go in your mouth. You hearing me? And, and hopefully as Georgie gets older, she begins to show discernment. That's how you get sick, by contemplating weird ideas. That's not smart. That's not, you hearing me? That's, 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 that's not obedience to Christ. trust Jesus trust his words second Thessalonians two fifteen. really quickly so then brothers stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us either by our spoken word or by our letter like just believe the Bible stick with st- right this, that was written in the context of that verse that, that I read about the man of lawlessness. That's 2 Thessalonians 2 that we just read. 1 John 2, 24. Let what you heard from the beginning... See, this is the, the antidote to the Antichrist problem. Same, same verse, 1 John 2. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, like what you heard, the gospel that was presented to you, if you got the Bible. If you abide... If you let that abide in you what you heard abide in you then you too will abide in Jesus and in the Father and then I just wanted to throw this one because you just finished Hebrews Hebrews 2 1 therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it there's gonna be a drift And God loves you. You're here at church today. You love him. My encouragement to you is to just pay it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you want to lick something, lick the Bible. Get your mouth all over that. Stand up. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for a church that loves you and that abides in you by abiding in your word. Father, I ask you that we would be people that just go, no, I'm sticking with Jesus. I trust Jesus, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm sticking with his words. I heard his message, I heard about who he is, and I'm I'm not gonna believe anything different. I'm not gonna be deceived. I'm gonna be in love with Jesus, in love with the truth. Father, I thank you
0: for this church. Guard our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we'll leave it in just a moment. Not about you, but I'm thankful for that word. And I think we're living in times where we need to have spiritual eyes that are seeing our culture, seeing the times that we're living in, and being aware that there is an antichrist spirit. And it goes against everything that Jesus taught and spoke. And so we must hold fast. With every eye closed, every head bowed, maybe you're in here and... I know we've gone over time, some people left. But if you're in here and you don't know Jesus, you're saying, Alex, I, I got invited for the first time, second time. Maybe you're watching online and you have no idea why somebody sent you this link or why you came across it. I really believe that God had you in here watching this for a reason and for a purpose because he does love you. Today, maybe you're saying, Alex, but I'm far from God. I, I feel distant from God. There's no way he can love somebody like me because I've done so much wrong. I wanna tell you that none of us in here are perfect. We've all sinned. The Bible says every single one of us, we're sinners. I'm not up here because I'm perfect. I'm up here because I'm forgiven. Every single one of us, we're sinners. Nobody's better than anybody. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. Yes, God is love. But God is holy and he can't be with sin. Sin is the barrier, the wall that separates us from God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he took my sin, took your sin. He went up on a cross and he died for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus went into a grave. He was dead for three days. But after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. We believe with all our heart that Jesus is alive. Today, if you're in here, you're watching, and you're saying, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. I need a brand new start. I know I got some things in my life that nobody knows about. Maybe you're full of guilt and shame this morning. Can I tell you, today you can receive peace, you can receive joy, you can receive forgiveness by trusting Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, I'm gonna count to three. If you're saying, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness, I want a brand new beginning. I want a brand new start in my life. You need Jesus. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna call you out, every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody looking around. I'll see you, I'll see who I'm praying for. Hold it up for a second or two and then you can put it right back down. If you're saying I need forgiveness, I need a relationship with God, raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, Three, raise your hand all over this place. Raise it up as high as you can, as high as you can. God bless you, 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 God bless you. you. I see you, awesome, awesome. If you're watching online as well, God bless you, I see you. You can put your hands back down. Come on, let's say this prayer together. In fact, let's the whole church, why don't we repeat this out loud together? Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. This morning, I admit that I'm a sinner. And that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. That you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Raise your hand. If you raise your hand in here, you made that decision online, we have a free gift for you outside in our connect tent. And in this bag, you're gonna find a Bible, you're gonna find a coffee mug, a free coffee voucher for Circle Cafe outside. Also a Calvary notebook. It's a free gift, no strings attached. We don't want your social security number. We don't want your address, any of that. We just wanna love you, give you a high five. Come on, we're in this journey with you together. We love you. Go pick up the gift. If you raise your hand, do not leave without that gift. Anybody thankful for Nathan, come on. I love it. Can I tell you, he's not just probably one of the best teachers on the planet, he's also a prophet. And so we need to pray for him. We need prophets like him to continue to raise their voices and call stuff out in our world today and i think he's a huge help to the church around the world and so be praying for him he's speaking all over the place and as you know the enemy's upset but if god be for us what can stand against us all the days of our life hug somebody next you. i'ma pray we'll sing king jesus one more time father we th- we love you we thank you for today have your way in our life lead us this week in jesus name amen and amen